Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord, our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful Father, your patience and loving kindness toward us have no end. Grant that by your Holy Spirit we may always think and do those things that are pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our reading for this 20th Sunday after Pentecost is from Romans chapter 7, verses 21 through 25. So, I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. You've all heard the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's about a man who's really two people, an ingenious scientist and a menacing monster that constantly lurks inside. At one moment, the world sees the good doctor, the next the murderer. As the plot thickens, Jekyll becomes more and more desperate in his struggle to suppress the wicked Hyde. But the point of the story is that the one man is truly both men, at the same time good and evil. It's not the chemicals that cause the evil, it's the man's very nature. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde might be a graphic way to represent the third stewardship principle of our series, which we explore today. God's stewards are saints and sinners. More elaborately, God's stewards rejoice in and live out what God has declared them to be through the cross. At the same time, his stewards recognize that they are sinners who fight sin and its consequences each day. Overall, Christian stewardship is defined as the free and joyous activity of the child of God and God's family, the church, in managing all of life and life's resources for God's purposes. In other words, Christian stewardship includes living and managing the new life God graciously gave you through his word and baptism. And part of that is fighting against, or better yet, mortifying your sinful nature, which we all know by experience still asserts itself actively and powerfully. When Adam and Eve first sinned, an integral part of them died immediately. That is, they died spiritually to God. And that death left them with a different nature. Ever since, all their descendants are born no longer in the likeness of God, the likeness in which Adam and Eve were originally created. 
but rather the likeness of Adam and Eve after their sin and spiritual transformation, or maybe said deformation. That's death to God and his ways. And not only are all of Adam and Eve's descendants conceived in sin and born with that nature infecting them spiritually, but it also lives in their bodies. All of this includes you and me. That's the problem Jesus revealed to a Pharisee named Nicodemus when he once came to Jesus under the cover of darkness. In John chapter 3, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. The truth is, man's situation is impossible for him to change or even influence in any real manner. How can any creature change its inborn character or its flesh by itself? That's why Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 19, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God did do the impossible when he became one of us. Not only the miracle of the incarnation, but God actually dying on a cross. And perhaps those impossibles seem less unlikely than the fact that he would do this for his sinful creatures, we who squandered the blessedness he'd given us. Yet that's exactly what he did, die for us who'd made ourselves his enemies. And then he worked still another impossible. He gave to us who were dead the life Jesus earned, We know from the book of Genesis that God spoke creation into existence from nothing. Psalm 33.9 says, For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, chapter 4 of Romans, verse 17, God gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. We are assured and believe that the Lord's word is efficacious. That is, it has the power and the ability to accomplish what it says. And it says that people are reborn or regenerated spiritually through the application of water and word and through his gospel work. Through those means, people are gifted with faith that apprehends God in Jesus. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the new spiritually reborn person, which includes you and me, is recreated in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. However, there is another part of you that is yet to be regenerated or reborn, and that is your flesh. For while God regenerates us spiritually through baptism and his gospel word, our flesh remains utterly infected with sin. We are saint and sinner simultaneously. St. Paul writes again, Romans 7, verse 18, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. And from our reading this morning, we hear Paul say, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Out of this truth comes our third stewardship principle. God's stewards rejoice in and live out what God has declared them to be through the cross, saints through faith in Christ. At the same time, his stewards recognize they are sinners 
who fight sin and its consequences each day. You and I and all Christians are saints and sinners simultaneously. We are both, for illustration purposes, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And as God's stewards who are regenerated spiritually, we are to manage ourselves, our entire lives, according to his word, by the power of his spirit, in alignment with our new spiritual selves to God's glory. That's why Paul exhorts us in Ephesians chapter 4 to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. As Christians, we live a daily life of struggle and warfare, just as Paul says of himself in Romans 7. The nature of the new man or woman in us is to do good, to think only good and holy thoughts, and to use our mouths only as an instrument of blessing. There is a part of us that is capable only of sin. And by that old nature in us, we sin in the actions and inactions of our bodies, and we delight in sinful thoughts, just as we go about slandering, gossiping, coveting. It's our flesh that's selfish and self centered Thanks be to God, then that we are fully and completely forgiven in Christ Jesus. For he took upon himself all our sin, suffered and died on the cross for it, and rose to a new life that he's given to us. This new life is free of the guilt we inherited in our sinful natures, free also of our practical sin. However, we must still cope with the consequences of our sinful flesh and all its manifestations, which in truth can't be done on our own, by our own strength and will. Christ and the Holy Spirit working through God's law and gospel do that for us. Undoubtedly, Jesus paid for our forgiveness, and he has taken away our just and eternal condemnation. But in this life, sin still has consequences. Those consequences are experienced emotionally, spiritually, and bodily, and they don't affect only the perpetrator of the sin, but also a great many others, both near and far. Fortunately, beloved, we are not alone in this struggle. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul speaks to us as stewards of God, saying, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Our struggle against our old self and our work to be good stewards of the new life God's given us are both difficult and painful, for the war is with our own flesh. Yet the good fight must be fought until the end. The fact that you experience a constant struggle between your two natures doesn't indicate that you've fallen from grace, but rather the opposite, for it is proof that you are living in a state of grace. And so it's crucial that we continue to fight this battle putting to death the desires of our sinful flesh. For to stop, to no longer care or feel the struggle, signals a retreat toward spiritual death. Fortunately, we don't face our life as God's stewards alone by our own power. For God's gospel word, his holy absolution, and the sacraments strengthen our faith and assure us that the victory Jesus won by his cross and empty tomb is ours. We don't reject his grace disconnect from it, or stop receiving his word and sacrament. For Jesus says in John chapter 15, Abide in me, and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Christian stewardship concerns far more than the use of our money, for it includes our whole life as saints who are simultaneously sinners. Good stewardship includes our substituting for the impulses of our sinful nature, holy thoughts, words, and deeds. It means warring against justifying or trivializing our sinful desires and actions. It means repenting of our sins. It means being in God's word regularly so you can be equipped to meet the day's challenges, walking according to the Holy Spirit with the truth in your mind, in your heart, and on your lips, as Jesus did when in the battle with Satan in the desert. And good stewardship means having an active and continuous prayer life. Our third stewardship principle is God's stewards are saints and sinners, which means God's stewards rejoice and live out what God has declared them to be through the cross. At the same time, his stewards recognize they are sinners who fight sin and its consequences each day. And to that, all we can say then is, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Faithful Lord, whose steadfast love never ceases, and whose mercies never come to an end, grant us the grace to trust you and to receive the gifts of your love, new every morning, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.